Empire. You thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the urban sports scene. You are listening to the urban sports scene, and I'm Wole, and I'm your host, and we are part of Amp Pyramedia. That's amppyramedia.com. Ray Jeezy and Will T are out, man. We got a special show waiting on my guests at the moment, but um, before we get into all that, I'm going to tell you today has been a, r- a tough day for, for your boy, man. I was supposed to have like knee surgery tomorrow, so I get a call. From a doctor's office. I'm all situated. Tomorrow morning, it's going down. Thinking I'm about to be 100% again. Then they hit me with, like, we have to cancel. And I'm like, what? I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I got myself all situated and ready. And I get a cancel, cancel a cancellation. Um, I was so annoyed. Like, so annoyed. To a point where I was like, because I want to, like, I, I don't know folks who know this. I hoop. I like to hoop. And I, like, this injury has not allowed me to hoop. And hold, hold, trying to text our guest right now. Excuse me. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so trying to get this knee situated. Now it's like I, I have to wait it out. It's a blower, but anyway, man, how, how it's it's a it's a tight show. We got we got a tough show um, to a point where we're supposed to have. Um, and I know folks who've seen the flyer are supposed to have Adam Jones from the Baltimore Orioles on the show. Uh, so you know he's maybe he's running a little late, but hopefully we'll get him on. Uh, let's mention let's talk about Amp. First off, I mentioned Amp Pyre Media. Amp Pyre Media hosts multiple DMV sports podcast shows shows such as the John John Kine Report. Hosted by ESPN Washington Commanders insider John Kime and Jones Football, hosted by USA Today insider Mike Jones. And you can subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Make sure you subscribe to the Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel as well. This show can be found on the podcast DC app. The local app with hundreds of options in local news and health in the DMV region. Download the podcast DC app to hear all of the Amplifier shows as well as other great content. Don't forget to tweet us at Urban Sports Scene. Hit us up on IG at Urban Sports Scene and like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Also join our Urban Sports Scene Facebook group. Search Urban Sports Scene Sports Bloggers, Sports Podcasters, and Sports Debates. Will T would normally say this. Let's get into our tradition, the pregame. Here's what we have on tap. Former, we'll have former Baltimore Orioles center fielder Adam Adam Jones on the show to talk about the play of the Baltimore Orioles. Finally, in our segment HBCU Corner, we have a pre-tape interview with Alabama A&M football coach Connell Maynard. Uh, Actually, I think Adam may be getting set, so let me hit him with a call. I know, right? This is like so, like real out here, right? 
All right, told you I make a promise, man. This, and actually, I'm real excited about this, folks. Um, I get to introduce a man that actually I enjoyed watching while he played for the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, he's one of my favorite of all time. Keep a keep a 100. I'm not even lying. My guess nobody up. This is the truth. He is a five-time All-Star, four-time Gold Gold Glove center fielder. I bring to you Baltimore former Baltimore Orioles center fielder. I like to call him the goat of be more center fielders. Adam Jones, what's going on, Adam Jones? And welcome to the Urban Sports Scene. What's up, brother? Man, I've been following you for years. I'm glad this finally worked out. Yeah, me too. Uh, much yeah. respect to you guys. I appreciate everything. Appreciate you, man. Like, hey, uh, like I know, like when you was playing for the Orioles, I was I, I was actually doing some work affiliate. I uh, was a, with an affiliate Fox, and I was trying to get to, to the dugout just to talk to you, man. You know, just because I felt like you brought back that excitement in Baltimore. You know what I'm saying? Like, I grew up. I mean, I grew up in in the DC area, but we we had the at first, it was only the Baltimore Orioles representing, the, you know, the area. And, uh, mm-hmm. like, you know, I followed Kyle Ripken. Um, I followed a bunch of folks prior to the, your your group. And when the Orioles made that trade for you, because I remember watching you in Seattle, right? And I was like, before the Orioles even, I saw you play a game. And I was like, you know what? I like this kid. And when the Orioles made that trade, I was like, okay, he can be he can be one of them for this team. And, man, it's, it's, it's a pleasure having you on the show. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie Appreciate it. Hey. Baltimore gave me my full opportunity. <clears throat> I was told when I was in the minor leagues, you're playing for 29 other ballpark, uh-huh. or 29 of the ball teams. And when you're in the big leagues, you're playing for the team you're playing for. So when I was in the minor leagues, I made sure to always uh, put forth my best effort to make sure that, you know, hey, there's, if there's a trade open, it could happen. And I'm glad I landed in Baltimore. It was a great place for me for my career. Um, it's, it made me a lot tougher than – uh, I thought I was, you know, which was, which was, which was great. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I, I got great memories. Obviously, my family, my wife, uh-huh. my kids are born there. Awesome. So, you know, obviously, uh, Baltimore is a special place for me. All right, man. What's, what's, what's been going on with you, man? You podcasting now? Like that? I, I see you, man. <laughs> brother, brother, Adam Jones podcast. We had a Baltimore with the Baltimore banner. Uh-huh. And, man, we just out there just talking and talking about Baltimore sports. The Orioles, obviously, they're uh-huh. playing good this year. So it's a lot a lot easier to talk about uh-huh. any time a team is winning. But, no, it, it's been fun to, um, to, to reflect and share some of my stories, some of my memories of my career, and have some friends on to – uh, share their stories also uh-huh. of, of us either together or their experiences versus me against me. I've had different correspondence of different uh, uh, realms of life, uh-huh. not just baseball, uh, different sports. So, um, you know, I'm just, just trying to tell the stories, tell some fun stories about my career. I know it, 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 people like to hear it and I know my market is Baltimore. Uh-huh. So I, I just want to tell the, the glory years of Baltimore, but also I want to boast and I want to, give the flowers to the new team yeah. and the new organization of what they're doing right now, because I'm not going to sit there and be like, Oh, my generation, my generation. Yeah. Nah, these young kids right now are balling. Who cares about what we did back in the day? Let's talk about what these kids are doing right now. And that, it's fun to watch. So that's been the best part about it is like, it's, it's not, I've always thought, you know, not liked when the older people like, well, back in my day, and then I, found my, <laughs> I, I found myself saying that like to my kids. And then I just caught myself one day. I'm like, you know, it's not, it's not back in your day, man. It's just how this game, it evolved. It's yeah. the next generations. And, hey, it's the next generation. So it's fun to watch uh, everybody bloom. It's fun to watch Mullins be the leader of this pack. It's fun to watch Hicks come over and uh, be re-energized. Uh-huh. Uh, it's fun to watch Rutschman just be the captain and the leader of, of that pitching staff. And, and Bautista and Cano at the end of the bullpen. Like, it's just it's fun to watch that entire team through nine innings every night because there's just something fun that's going to happen. 
Oh, let's, well, let's jump into this team then. The Orioles have been one of the big surprises in the, in the majors with a 58-37 and 37 record tied with the Rays for first in the AL East in terms of winning percentage, but in loss, I think, I think uh, the Rays have two more losses than the Orioles. Uh, why have why have this team why has this team been so successful this year? The athleticism, uh. yeah, uh, solely that. Um, the athleticism of this team is beyond. They remind me of the Royals uh-huh. and of the fourteen and fifteen Ooh, okay. team. Yeah, they remind me of them where <clears throat> they play really good defense. Uh-huh. They they're not. I wouldn't say they're the greatest offensive hitters on the in the on, on the staff uh-huh. but they put the ball in play enough to where they extend innings they don't ground into a lot of double play no. they can hit and run they got guys that can bunt they do so many athletic things that it generally somebody gets on base it's hard to do a one two three inning uh-huh. against them when they put the ball in play and that's very scary and when it comes to the postseason because Putting the ball in play is the most important thing in the postseason. And when you have somebody like them, like the Orioles right now, that can put the ball in play, that can run, that can steal bases whenever they get on, one through nine can run, uh, that, that creates havoc. And that's what the Royals were in 14 and 15. Anytime they got anybody on base, they were, they were moving. They were running first to thirds, and they were exciting on the base pass. And that's exactly what they remind me of right now. So they just have to keep it up. And they got a lot of hungry young guys. They don't have any big payroll guys yet. So they got a lot of guys that are that are really fighting for playing time because uh, yeah. they, they, they got guys knocking on the door in AAA that are just like, hey, I'm trying to – I don't want to be here no more. Kirschdad is knocking on the door. Holiday is knocking on the damn door from AA. Yeah. So, you know, you got some hungry guys, and that that's that's great. You know what I mean? That, that's exactly what you want in an organization. That's what you want as a fan base to know that, look, at the end of the day, you got money yeah. in terms of prospects – to be able to go spin to get the big boy now. Yeah. Because sometimes you can't lure the big boy to come to Baltimore. Uh-huh. But when you got money in terms of prospects, you can get a bigger fish than because you can trade for him. I you saying that is wild because I had somebody like chat like tweet me and ask ask me should the Orioles go after Otani and I was and I was I sat and I thought to myself like wow, Otani would be amazing. But then I was like they have so many, so much talent, right? And I'm like mm-hmm. looking at the Astros and how the Astros did things, and I'm like, do you really have to make that big of a big of a move? Because now they're in such, they're in a situation, in my opinion, to like have sustainable success. Like it can now run, it can be like how we see the Astros. Like every year, the Astros are contenders for a World Series. They have that much talent. Do you think they should go after? Like they have, you're right. They have so many young dogs. They can go after an Otani. Should they make that play, or are they cool where they're at? Well, um, no, okay. I don't think they should go after. I don't think they should go after Otani. Okay, because they've spent so much time building this organization uh-huh. to get to get Otani. You're giving everybody up, exactly. And and that and to get Otani, you're asking for they're getting a farm. You say uh-huh. they say jump. You say how high? Yep. If you if you if you asking for Mr. Otani, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I personally don't think that's the right play for them uh-huh. because I just don't feel it is. Um, but to me, there's two guys now. There's three guys that I thought about, uh-huh. uh, and another game, another name came to my mind. Obviously, Corbin Burns was top of my list. You can't get him because the Brewers are in first place, so he's off limits. Um, Blake Snell That's a good one. is an interesting one. Um, 
he's nasty. He's been throwing tremendous the last three months. Uh, pitcher of June, pitcher. Uh, so, um, and then another one I'm gonna add to this list is Dylan Cease. The reason why I add Cease is he's controllable and projectable salary okay. for the next two years. So you can get him this year, and you can get him the next two years. I believe that the White Sox window is probably closed, and he's going to cost you uh-huh. some prospects. Yeah, but he is a bona fide ace, uh-huh. and that if you can get him for you know the cost he is the rest of the season and two projectable years of arbitration. That's exactly what Elias did in Houston. He uh-huh. went and got Verlander. Yep, Again, Verlander was making top dollar. But he knew he had the projective. He, he he knew exactly what he was making, so he could make those moves uh, through arbitration. You can project that, so it's very similar to having a contract. Uh, um, when you get somebody that's a rental, you can't project their their you know their market value at the time because it's just a, it's just a little bit a little bit different. It might be a little bit more expensive or, or some way. So cease, ooh, that would be a guy right there that would. Uh, that would be a good move because I don't, the White Sox, I don't know if they're, I, I don't know. They're, I think their window is closed. Once they got rid of Abreu, it just became different over there. Yeah, it's, it's crazy because I, I but agree with you. To I, that, I'm, sorry, ahead, so I'm sorry, to that, to that though. Mm-hmm. Do they need to make a move? That's the thing. Because <laughs> these dudes, these, exactly. That's the thing. I, put my, I, had to put, I had to put myself in these dudes' positions the other day. Yeah. I was like, hold on. I was like, hold on. As a, like, I'm thinking as a media guy now. Yeah. I run a yeah. podcast. Yeah, of course. So of course. I'm like, oh, guys need moves. Guys need moves. But then I was like, hold on. Let me think as a center fielder. Dog, I've been riding with these dudes in spring training. Yeah. I've been dealing with these dudes every day, riding the plane, the bus. We've been dealing with each other. We've been hanging out. These dudes, so I don't want to trade for nobody. I don't need nobody. That's yeah. like the that, that's the other side of me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. As a player, so it's like, why am I trading for these dudes? No, these dudes are aimed to throw almost 200 innings. Guys are projected. We got three or four guys projected to throw over 180 innings. Yeah. That hasn't happened in a long time. Like, why am I trying to go get somebody else to disrupt this? And not say disrupt it because uh-huh. somebody can add value for of course, sure. Of course. But why would I like? You know what I'm saying? I want to ride with my dogs too. Yeah, like that's on both sides. Yeah, both sides. it's wild because like I mean, at first it's wild. Other other than like the last two games prior, I was like, I don't think like a starter because well, I'm, I'm liking what Bradish is doing. I like I'm I'm a big Grayson Rodriguez dude. I, I felt like you know, especially what he started to do in the minors when he went when he got sent back. I like what he did. Um, when he's young. I, I, you see the potential. You see, you see the boatload of potential, and I think he's a guy that. Um, could turn on in the second half of the season, and I'm like, the stars have pitched relatively pre- relatively good enough. Bradish has looked like an ace the last the last month, and I'm thinking like to me, the issue more for, for this team has come to light of like the middle relievers, like the the sixth inning, like a, a sixth seventh guy because we are there. You already know they have Cano and, and Batista at the back end, so you're set. But somebody in the middle innings that they can have a right a right arm pitcher who throws strikes, who gets guys out, would be ideal for me. And I don't feel like you right. have to give up that much to get a guy like that. And I wouldn't have – because I'm with you. I'm like, yo, like this this team has such – it just seems like from a distance, the morale is awesome. And I feel like if you trade somebody away, like, dude, we, we've been riding together. Like you said, we've been riding together. We've been like, hey, we've been holding it down. No one believed in this. And look, we're we're – we're number one in the AL East, arguably the hardest division in, in baseball. 
and we've been doing it. Like, do we got to get rid of somebody? That's, that's <laughs> the thing. Um, generally, I would say, I mean, you know, moves that made, like postseason, uh-huh. um, middle relief is very, very important, as you've seen in postseason the last, uh, I mean, I'd say last 10 years. Uh-huh. Because you know the starters don't go long True. in the postseason; uh-huh. they go four or five innings max, depending on who they are, how they're going, uh-huh. you know how that works. Give up two, get somebody up. Um, <clears throat> but you know, I remember when we went to go get Andrew Miller. Yeah. That bridge, Oof. that bridged. Like we didn't go get a starter. Yeah, we we went to go get somebody that bridged a gap yeah. that we needed. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And that is like they got a righty and they got a lefty. You cannot continue to throw Cano and Bautista. Agreed. Agreed. Obviously. obviously. Um, you do need a, you do need somebody that can close uh-huh. and relieve, especially if you're in this this mode of playoff team. Yeah. There's guys that on uh, there's there's guys I can't think of right now off the top of my head. I gotta look through it. Uh-huh. But there's there's some lefties out there that are pumping. Some gas yeah. that uh, might might be another losing team that's been throwing well, uh, that might not be throwing well, but might need a new opportunity. Uh-huh. Um, so you know, I would say there's a there's a lefty opportunity out there somewhere. I'm not sure yet because I haven't done the full research, but you know, th- there's always a move that needs to be made. Uh-huh. But at the at the same time, you always be like, dog, that's my dog, man. I've been right. I, I know. You know what I'm <laughs> but but. But to that, the the side, the other side of it is like there's a move that needs to be made. Yeah. If we're trying, like, okay, if we're trying to be a, if we're trying to get into the playoffs, okay, we can ride it out, and uh-huh. then okay, we failed. Okay, next year we can do it. Uh-huh. If you're trying to win, like, if you're trying to win, do the moves that make you win. Yeah. Like, yeah, do do those moves because if if you're trying to win. Uh-huh. But the thing with the thing with them is they they're position player heavy. Uh-huh. So, they are. do you want to move? Do you want to, you know? No, I wouldn't even try. I wouldn't even think about that. Like, say, move Grace into the bullpen for a time being. But no, no, you can't do that. No, <laughs> can't do that. <laughs> exactly. So, like, what? The, there's moves out there to make. You know, I would say there's a lefty out there somewhere that you got to find. Um, I don't know who. Uh huh. But it's like the middle relief. I did find out that in the postseason, that middle relief part is extremely, extremely important. So. If they can find, you know, somebody, and Elias is fantastic at it. You know, uh-huh. he's made fantastic trades over the years. So uh, I just think it's going to be an interesting next uh, twelve days. Until it's my it's my birthday, August first too. So okay. Right. Yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully uh, the trade deadline brings me a, a good birthday. I hope so too, man. Hope for all Oriole fans. To be honest with you, but who are I'm interested? Like, which player do you think would be on that block to get a player like like a, a cease or 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 a, a top end reliever, like what player would yeah. be on the block? Dog, you got they got like twelve of the top one hundred. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got like twelve. Like it, it, I'm it's greedy. Just how it works. Hey, I'm okay, greedy. Bedard, but <laughs> Bedard got five for one. Yeah. Um, if you want, if you're trading for Otani, Bedard is getting. I mean, Bedard got five for one. Otani's getting your top. Oh, I know. Yeah. Five. Yeah. He's getting your top five guys. Yeah. And a couple major league young guys. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's not just yeah. He's 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 ruining your your your, your progress. True, very yeah. true. Stunt your growth. Very true. Um, cease. He's gonna cost uh-huh. because he's really good and he's got two more years of control. So 
Like, they don't have to trade him. Um, but he's going to cost you. I, I, I can't name who would go on a package deal because, I mean, that's conversations between the GM and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah. you know, if you are looking for the ace, the top line, you know, the guy who's proven to be an ace uh, over the last few years, it's going to cost you a couple guys, and it might co- cost you a couple guys that are in the major leagues right now. It might cost you a couple guys that might be in double A. Obviously, Jackson Holiday is off limits. You know yeah, that. he got to be. He gotta um, be. No, 100% <laughs> off limits. Oh, yeah. yeah he's off limits. <laughs> Yeah, you 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 trade Jackson Holiday for like you know Mike Trout, some yeah, 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 that's yeah. not happening. So, <laughs> yeah, that's the only time you do something like that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's you know th- there's time, um, but at the same time, it's, I always got to go back to it. It's like man, I don't need nobody. I, I roll with Tillman. That's my dude right there. Exactly. Did, did we did we want did we need a bigger ace at the time? Yes. Could we afford it? No. Yeah. Could they afford it now? Yes. Because they have incredible prospects and incredible talent that's already in the major leagues right now doing good things that, again, I mean, they're winning, but there's also, there's always guys that, you know, are showcasing just scouts all around the Orioles game. Uh-huh. You've got to be. There's, and the Orioles are all around other people's game. That's what happens when, you, when you're winning. And that's what, you know, you got a lot of talent. Mm. You you earlier you mentioned Cedric Mullins. Um, he's playing center field, roaming the same area used to roam. Like, what are your I thoughts? Know. And he, right now he's like he's got a quality issue. But what are your thoughts on on him? Period, man. Like, I just think he he's that dude. Exactly, dog. He's that dude, man. It, it you know, it, it's like I Corey Patterson passed the torch to me. Mm. Uh, I got I got to know Corey uh, when he came back to the Orioles. I think in '09. Uh, awesome dude, taught me a lot. Um, I tried to give Mullins as much knowledge as I could for the short period of time that we were together. And, you know, obviously he's taken over center field, so there's not really much I need to tell him. Uh, if he reaches out and needs something, obviously I'm always I'm always here. Uh, major, major league guys, always, you know, they don't need uh, – you don't need to talk to them. They, they, how you need? You need something? He's, they, they reach out to you if they need something. I was always told that. And, you know, that, that dude is stuck. He's taken over center field with, with pride and joy. Dog's got a 30-30 year all-star uh, season. I mean, he plays gold glove center field. Uh, it's hard to win a gold glove, and especially in AL with yes. Kiermaier and Buxton out there. Them dudes just <laughs> fly around. Um, but, no, he's he's been just the utmost professional. He's got sent down in 19, DFA, and then he worked his way back after the COVID year. Just like, you know what? All right, I'm going to stop hitting left hand, right-handed, and I'm going to bust y'all. And he's been doing that ever since, and he's been a catalyst uh, at the top of the lineup. And you know what? I love how they moved him down the lineup to five and six because mm-hmm. – and four at the time yeah. because he's a tremendous RBI guy. He is. He is. Like, he, see, is. Like he, really, he really is a really, really good dude with RBI, RBI situation. So I get that he's a fantastic leadoff hitter, but sometimes you might need that thump. Uh, you need some thump because Gunner's a good leadoff hitter also, but you might need some thump and prove an RBI situation. So um, I just I, – I just I, – I just, Respect everything he's he's gone through and respect everything he's doing. And it's good to watch. And, uh, you know, that's my that's my guy right there. As well as you say that, because I used to get annoyed when I used to see him hit uh, six. And I was like, damn, man, he's such, he's such a good leadoff hitter. And then I, when, I, when, when he was out and then Gunner was hitting leadoff, I was like, oh, okay. Like, I, I get it. Like, I get why Gunner would hit leadoff. Like, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's very patient. Like, Gunner is very patient. Um, and, and, and Cedric's patient, too. But... But when he like you like you said that when he hits down in the order, 
He's very clutch, man. He, he's real clutch. Like, when you need a big hit, a big RBI, he's there for it. And he drives in dudes. You know what I mean? He, and he's, he's there for the moment. You know what I mean? Which, which, if you're an Orioles fan, you would appreciate. So, yeah, I agree with you. Like, Mullins, as a, as a, as a six, five, or even a cleanup, a cleanup dude. Even, even put him four. You yeah. four. Why not, put him, yeah. why not put him four? Yeah. I like him at three sometimes. I would like to see him at three. I like him at three too. I would like him at three. Um, but I get why he put would, him right know. put him right behind Adley. Adley yeah. is a switch hitter. Yeah, yeah, you can't I, double up on him. Yeah, I, I I definitely I like I like that line. I mean the lineup is dope. I, real talk, the lineup is dope. So I mean, you like I want to get your thoughts on the manager. Like you've played for a great manager, in my opinion, in Buck Showalter. How do you feel that Buck Showalter? I mean, um, Brand, Brandon High compares to a, a Buck Showalter. Well, I mean, you can't compare the two. Okay. I mean, they're yeah. When Buck's been managing for what Jesus thirtieth something year uh-huh. and been in four organizations, and it's just it's just completely different. Uh-huh. Brandon Hyde is is still in that you know he's building his legacy and building his resume. Nice. And what what he's done the last five years has been unbelievable. He's handled all the criticism of this and that. He's going through a rebuild, and he understood that. He understood the job. Him and Elias are on the same page as it seems perfect that hey, we ride where we go with. And, you know, what we, what we have now is a tremendous amount of talent and, you know, they've seen it grow opposed to, you know, you can always, you know, you, you can always go get another manager, sure. you can, but it's like, they always, they always say, there's always going to be people that say, Oh, get rid of the manager, bring in this guy, bring in that guy. But these guys don't know the temperament of him. Everybody uh-huh. that's in the organization right now, everybody, they know Hyde's. They were basically drafted by the Hyde uh, regime, right? Eli- Elias regime. Yeah. So they grew up with these guys. And now they have them in the big leagues. They had them in spring trainings. Um, and it's, it's like that you can't, you can't match that. And Buck was different. Buck came in into a different organization. Um, I, I know he wanted to manage again. Uh-huh. And uh, Baltimore was a place where obviously we had Dave Trimbley and then we ran, they had Juan Samuel. Uh-huh. So we were definitely in a managerial hunt. And Buck wanted to get his feet wet back in the game. And Baltimore was the best location. And he came in with a splash and it worked really well. He, sprayed, he lit a fire under the whole city's ass. Sure and, <laughs> you know, and the team and organization. And it was great. We had a great run. Um, this is completely different. Uh-huh. This is not the, that we we had to we had a core group of guys, but then we went out and got some free agents and yeah. did they did some trades. This is a core group of guys all drafted together and all good. This is just like Houston was. Uh-huh. So uh, and and KC where you know you mix you mix in obviously some trades here and there, yeah. but you mix some trades in the lower the lower part. You know some AAA guy trades, some lower lower major league guy trades, and you have a great organization and. It's just it's fun to see. Obviously, it was great for our run, and then okay, we we stank. Everybody, everybody <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that, no, bro. Don't. <laughs> That's how it works, dog. We stank, and then and then the, the new team, the, the new organization, they weren't that good for the first couple of years, yeah. but they were rebuilding, and that's what a rebuild is. See who you can play. They signed a couple guys for a couple million dollars here and there to just. You know, be mentors to some guys, which is always great and always uh-huh. smart. Um, but they just, you know, Elias has a recipe for for rebuild success. He loves the amateur game. I've talked to multiple people that said like he's he's just a genius of the minor league levels in amateur baseball. Like he loves the major leagues, obviously, but 
you won't see him that much at Camden. You'll probably see him at Bowie or the minor league, minor league games or, you know, Dominican or something like that because he's just uh, – he just has a, a fascination for the minor leagues and amateur baseball and seeing talent. Hey, so, Adam, uh, the Orioles just made a trade for a right-handed pitcher, Shintaro Fujina. I can't even say his name. No, me. I don't, for, for, the, Fuji, for the athletics. For athletics. Fujinami? For, Fujinami, thank you. Fujinami. So you can use Yeah, I faced him in Japan. Okay, see, oh, tell me, can you tell me about him? <laughs> Is he a reliever uh, or a starter? Fujinami. Yeah. No, nah, Fujinami's a reliever. Reliever, okay. Um, yeah, I'm just seeing right now. Mm-hmm. Fujinami is a very, very hard thrower. Okay. And, I mean, like, upper, you know, sitting up upper 90s, lower 100. Okay. Oh. Um, he doesn't have the best of control. Oh, okay. <laughs> due, to his, due to his due to his high walk rate. Okay. Um, but he's got the stuff. Okay. And again, if you seen Cano last year, he was the same way. You're his right. numbers his numbers were terrible. True. Very true. You see him this year, somebody got him figured out. Hey, do something, do something. I don't know who he got it. Hey, Fujinami, you probably could do the same thing. Cool. You know right. what I'm saying? Um, Koji Urahara probably might could be in his ear. He had ties. Oh, to, I love Koji. There. I love Koji. Um, I love Koji. <laughs> um, I have to, I have Japanese ties to him to uh, to Baltimore also. Mm-hmm. So I just seen this trade also. So I might reach out okay. through some pipelines and some channels to uh, to reach out to him and uh, try and make his his uh, his stay there as comfortable as possible. Awesome, man. Awesome. All right. So you, I mean, you did mention your team, like your Orioles. And there, so I want to kind of ask you: How does this team compare to your postseason team? Because to me, like what I, how I feel like this team compares to is like y'all never quit in games, and this the team. This team has the same recipe. Like when they're down, mm-hmm. they don't quit, and you all were the same way. So I kind of see that compare, like that comparison between between your postseason team and this team right now. Well, we were. Again, different teams. This team is a lot more athletic yeah. than we were. Mm-hmm. Um, we we ran it around for the home run yeah. a little bit. Yeah. We, we ground into more double plays. Double plays will make any fan pissed. <laughs> uh, that just like ruins everything. Um, but we I mean, we had some. We we were boppers. Yeah. This team is line drive hitting. Sure. Put the ball in play. Uh, move the ball. Bunt the ball. Play athletic baseball, steal bases, uh, create havoc, go first to third, go first to home on things that they shouldn't. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's just it's just a different team. Yeah. And it's fun to watch. Again, it's fun to watch. It's frustrating to watch too. Yeah. And we were too. Every team is every, every team is frustrating, man. Every team. Every team. <laughs> like, like, it's crazy. Like the Yankees are in last place, and they're six games above five hundred. Yeah. Like, they they'd be in first place in the Central again. You're not in the Central, but yeah. And Yankee fans are just brutal. All fan base, all fan bases are brutal. Yeah, but they're the worst. All, they're, they're, they're the worst. Fan bases. They're the worst, though. They're the worst. <laughs> eh, well, it depends. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's some bad ones. Or the Red Sox, or the Red Sox. In, in, the deep, in the deep part of their fandom. <laughs> yeah, but, that's true. <laughs> you know, you just got to grind it out, baby. No, because it's wild. Because to me, like, why I say that is that, you know, you're in a division with the Yankees and the Red Sox. Um, you were like at that time, and no one was no one was thinking of the Orioles, especially and especially in the beginning stages of, of like this team's consistent running of being a quality team, and and they all you know everybody talked about or talked about the, the 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 Red Sox, the Yankees, and the Orioles just come up there and when they compete against those two teams, they just didn't back down back for your team, and I just feel like this team is the same way, like eat like. Last year to this year, I know last year they didn't have a great record against the AL East, but they competed. They weren't scared. You know what I mean? Like they played their asses off against those teams. 
and they're doing they're doing it this year. Like they, they play the Red Sox, they play the Yankees, and, and even the Rays, who had the best record uh, in 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 all of the MLB, and mm-hmm. they don't they don't back down. I just I see mm-hmm. that. And I get what you're talking about the athleticism, the skill, and whatnot, and and the technique and whatnot, hitting home runs, line drives, not grounding the double plays, but just the mentality seems the same to me. Like it's us against y'all. It's us against the world. I feel like they have that same mindset. No, they're, they're, I mean, it's those these teams are different though. Uh-huh. Um, the star power when you when you think of the Yankees right now, it's one guy. Yeah. Okay. True. It's Aaron, it's Aaron, it's Aaron Judge. Yeah. Like star power. Star okay, power. Stanton, yeah. Uh, Cole. I mean, like, look, you know, you go ten years back, you name in seven guys. True. You go fifteen years back, you name in twelve guys. True. The star power is different. These they, you know, all the old guys retired and. A lot of these guys grew up playing with each other and against each other, either in college, amateurs, in the minors. So it's different. Like when the Yankees don't have that Yankees mystique, sure. they got they still have the following, but they don't have that Yankees glory. I don't believe right now they don't have that when they come to Camden Yards. Oh, you know something's gonna fall their way. My my first few years in Baltimore, oh my god, uh, <laughs> something always fell their way. Yes. <laughs> it was a call this way, a bloop this way. A, you know what I'm saying? Something always fell their way. Now it's just it's the Yankees. Yeah, and you beat their ass. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm with it. Red Sox, <laughs> Red Sox, same thing. They had star power. Yeah. Right now they don't have that big big name. Like there's not Poppy there. There's not yeah. Pedroia there. There's not uh, Ellsbury. There's not Manny. Uh-huh. Like, even Veritech. Like, these are big-name all-stars, consistent all-stars. Uh-huh. Since Bogart's left. Yeah. But they don't have that, that, that mystique. And all these young guys, all these other young guys played against. So it's like, okay, what's up? We're playing Red. I'm going to go bust y'all real quick. I don't care. This is true. This is true. I'm happy it's kind of evened out now. I am, to be yeah. honest with you, because... Oh, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be uneven. It's going to be on the other side now, because I, I think the Orioles are just going to start beating these dudes. I mean, the Blue Jays to me are obviously the most they're t- they're, st- they're stacked uh, polished team. They're stacked they're, because they're just they're they're athletic and they're just a couple years older. Everybody's yeah. every at every position, mm-hmm. everybody's just older. Mm-hmm. So they have that experience, they have that age. But you know, Orioles are good, man. Yeah, I, I, I'm and with it, man. They're good. No, I'm with it, man. I'm with it. I, we actually have a tweet, that, a question for you, my man. Uh, Steve says, uh, if if. Adam is going to come back and do some coaching. He wants to know if you're going to do some coaching uh, at some point, and he would love for you to do some coaching with the Orioles. Well, I mean, a lot of people would love that. <laughs> um, uh, I can't say that I, I I can't say that I never would coach okay. uh, because I just you know you'd be a moron to ever say you never would do something. Uh-huh. Um, I would say that as of now, I would not want to do that okay. like full-time coach uh-huh. because I got young kids. My boys are nine and seven and my wife, we're trying to travel the world. She uh-huh. has a travel company. Axis loves you travel. Dope. And we trying to travel the world. I'm young. We're young. My kids are young. We're trying to see, you know, basically every continent, uh, on, on, on the earth. So we're, we're really, I'm in a real good place right now with it. Now, as a consultant or something that where I can pick my hours and, you know, be an emeritus or whatever to where, you know, I trust me, I take the salary and an <laughs> open schedule. I know that's okay? right. I, know. I will take the salary and an open schedule. Assistance is something that I, I will take this. I read the emails. I promise you I read the emails. I promise you. You know what I mean? So uh, I, I'm definitely open to that. Um, but anything full time right now, I think for the next, you know, few years, um, I'd rather keep it open because my boys are young and it's fun watching them grow up. I know a lot of people 
uh, don't get to watch their kids grow True. up True. because obviously they're out there grinding for, you know, for the household. Um, I'm fortunate enough to where I get to have some fun and see my kids grow up. So I'm going to try and enjoy it to the best. Oh, man, that's, I can. A that's a blessing. They definitely should do that. So also, Adam, like, so do, do they, are they interested in playing baseball? I mean, I have to ask that question. Like, I have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're both. They're, they're both. They're finicky about it. Mm-hmm. They want to, but, you know, living abroad in Barcelona, mm-hmm. they – Take a loving one basketball, one football, soccer, uh-huh. and um, I'll just let them be them. I'm not going to force them to play baseball. Uh-huh. I've seen how a lot of parents have done that over the years. Uh-huh. My kids don't need to play baseball if they don't want to. Uh, my wife's a lawyer. Uh-huh. Uh, she, she has her she has her travel company, uh-huh. but um, so they don't need to play no. You don't need to play baseball. Why don't you be a GM? Why don't you be something else? Facts. Um, we we ran into a friend of hers the other day. We went to summer league, uh-huh. and the kid went to McDonough. And I can't think of his name right now. I don't want to say it wrong. Uh-huh. But the kid's probably never picked up a basketball um, a day in his life and, and dunked on somebody. Maybe maybe in a pool. Maybe. Um, wow. Maybe at Chuck E. Cheese. Maybe. <laughs> um, but, but this dude has worked his way up all the way. He works with the Wizards. He didn't, uh, all he looked up his resume. He's 30. I think he's 36 or 37. He's been working in, um, in the NBA for the last like 12 years wow mad mad respect dog. like you don't need to be you know you don't need to be the star you, you know i mean there's a lot of people i got i got met a couple dudes that uh rick higgins is Corey higgins brother uh-huh. rick higgins coaches right now for utah he's on their staff his dad was uh was was with the, uh, the wizards or atlanta i'm sorry for uh-huh. a while um but like you don't have to be the star to make a good living you know what i mean again Everybody wants to be LeBron, Chris Paul, Kobe right. Bryant, Michael Jordan, uh, Russell Westbrook. Everybody wants Durant. Everybody wants to make forty million dollars a year. I get that, but you know you can you can make a very good living um, being able to be a, be a part of that. And you know some of my closest friends to this day never played baseball at in the professional ranks, but they were part of our success in different ways. Uh-huh. Where it comes to them giving me extra scouting reports, me extra knowledge, me extra this, or the trainers making sure that, hey, I got the proper rest or I made sure that I didn't take extra this or extra swings. I did Like, it's a whole team, and it's not just the 25. Uh-huh. You know, that's why when you win a championship, everybody gets a ring. Now, again, the players' rings are going to be a little bit more iced out and drippy, yeah. but everybody <laughs> is going to get a ring because you're part of it. And I remember um, I, I, seen a, I heard a podcast that, our grounds crew uh, uh, lady, uh, Nicole Sherry, she said that and when we won in 14, you remember how I was like, went around pieing people, celebrating Yeah, everybody. I remember, yeah. I remember. Um, she, she said that she got an email from the organization like, hey, you guys don't, are not a part of this. Just make sure you clean up and all that. Oh, I, wow. I didn't, know, I didn't know about the email. But um, when, that, when we won in clinch, I know it's been so long. And all those kids on the grounds who are from Baltimore, uh, like every time, every time, like I'd make a play in right center, like every time we did something, they was cheering like hell. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. The ground school, the ground school is from the city. Ooh, okay. The, the people that's not from the city is the GMs True. and all them. Facts. They, Facts. You know what I mean? But the ground school, they from the city of Baltimore. So when we won, I was like, nah, we celebrating with y'all because y'all grew up. All this, y'all grew up at the end of Cal, and then you had Mark, uh, Roberts, Marquez, Mora, Tahada, then me, and then like Mark, and you know you got this new Manny. Uh-huh. Like, nah, y'all gonna come out and celebrate with us, man. And 
that we had such a good time. And those are memories that uh, can slip my mind because I've had so many good memories playing sports. But when, you know, when I'm reminded of those times and like, oh, Doug, you really made their life, you really made their experience extraordinary. And that's not even part of that, their description. Like I'm an athlete, I'm supposed to celebrate. I'm supposed to do this. They're ground screwed. There's when the rain comes, they're supposed to make sure the field is maintained. Their, their jo- our job description is different. But for that one time, I made sure we celebrated just like in major league when they won and the two Japanese ground yeah. screws was jumping up together. Yeah. Now nah, we cel- we all celebrating <laughs> together. We celebrate together. Now we family, man. I know that's right. They used to get mad at me for spitting my seeds out there. I was like, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> they used to have to come fix my holes because sometimes my cleat would slip based on my cuts and stuff. I mean, hey, we was family, man. We was family. No, nah, man. Like again, that was like my favorite. That, well, that was my favorite squad. Y'all, your squad was my favorite Orioles squad. Like I can honestly say that. Like just because I like the organic. Like I know they were like they were. We got there were some guys via trades, but they were so young. They felt like they were homegrown. Like they, it just felt that way. Like yourself. I mean, Nick was already, Nick Marcakis was already in the system. Um, like, you know, obviously getting Manny. Chris Davis was in Texas, but he was so young again. Like, he was, he felt like a, just basically a homegrown dude. It was just the, the trades they made and some of the young guys and how they just turned out. Um, it was just, that team was magic, magical to me. Oh, dude, we, we, would, we, were, we were different. We had fun. We had some veterans with some young yeah. guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, added Manny. Yep. Manny came up in the... Uh, in twelve, Jonathan six. Yeah, Jonathan. Yeah, it's... like we had Scopey. Like so, we had some. We had the mix of the veterans with the old, with with some some really good talented youth, uh-huh. and we rolled it out. We had and we had some good years. We had the back end of the bullpen that yep. was locked down with Britton, uh, O'Day, O'Day. Um, Mel did acquire acquire um, so we, we had a well-rounded team. Our defense obviously was phenomenal. Oh, yeah, it was amazing. Um, <laughs> readers had two gold gloves. Yeah. JJ had three. Manny had two. I had four. Cakes had two. Like, yeah. let's, just be, let's be honest with ourselves. Like, we, yeah. we played we played hella, hella great defense. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Scope could have had a gold glove. But yep. I mean, the criteria would be different. There's some uh, great second basemen. Mm-hmm. But, no, we played we played tremendous defense. And, um, you know, we, we grinded it out, man. Like, obviously – Every day you're told about, you know, the Yankees uh-huh. lose. They're still the headlines. Yeah. We are on a five-game winning streak. We're a blip. note. you get used to that. Yeah. So you get used to, like, oh, who cares? No one's watching us. Let's beat the hell out of somebody because uh-huh. nobody's watching us. And that's what the Orioles are doing right now. Yep. But they're getting more attention. Yes. And, you know, Tampa's not getting that attention. Tampa had that, hard, that tough run. Yeah. Tampa's not getting that attention. Uh, Baltimore's getting that attention now, so um, it's so it's it's up to them to you know quiet it while while being just what they're doing now, uh-huh. which seems to be uh, a great repertoire because again, it's Baltimore. It's not the media capital. Um, no matter what, Philly, D.C., uh, Boston, New York uh, reigns over it when it comes to the media. So it's kind of great being there in Baltimore, where you know what I mean. There ain't 75 people down your throat asking you, hey, what happened with this? What happened with that ball? What happened with this? What happened with that? You know, you got a different temperament there. So it allows you to just be like, okay, look, if we're in a little bit of a skid, hey, we can get out of it because they're not going to beat it down your throat when you lost two games. Yeah, so true. Well, man, Adam, man, thanks for being on this show, man. I appreciate you. Is there anything you would like to add before I let you go? Uh, no, man, just uh, following Adam doing podcasts uh-huh. and uh, 
You know what I mean? It's always, again, great catching up with you. I know it's been a long time coming. Yeah. Um, I'm glad it worked out. Um, much respect to you guys. And, hey, let's let's see that black and orange. Uh, let's see that black and orange playing for something special in, uh, in October this year. Yeah, man. I saw with the, the Connect jersey. Fire, bro. The Connect jersey. Yeah, fire. I, got, I got my Connect jersey. <laughs> I, saw that. I brought it with me. I'll be in Baltimore next weekend. All so right, I will be there, baby. All right, man. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate you, my man. All right, brother. All right. Hey, man, that is the that was the great Adam Jones, man. Awesome dude, awesome player. Y'all know, man. This one of my favorite, like actually my favorite Orioles center fielder. Won't even lie to you. But as part of our HBCU corner segment, we'll play our interview with Alabama A and M University football coach Connell Connell after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Saint for I just dig deuces. Yes, I did. So I packed it up and brought it back to the crib. Just a little something, show you how we live. Everybody want it, but it ain't that serious. Mm-hmm. That's that. So if you gon' do it, do it just like this. Did you realize that you were a You don't see just how wild the crowd is. You don't see just how fly my style is. I don't see why I need a stylist. When I shop so much, I can speak Italian. I don't know, I just want it better for my kids. Saying we was from the projects, but every time I want to lay away or deposit, my dad would say, When you see clothes, close your eyelids. We were sort of like Will Smith and his son. In the movie, I ain't talking about the rich ones. Cause every summer, he'd get some brand new hair brain scheme to get rich from. And I don't know what he did for dope, but he'd send me back to school with a new wardrobe. And hey, think he did when he packed it up and brought it back to the crib just a little something show you how we live everything i wanted man it seems so serious mm-hmm. that's that sh- so if you gonna do it do it just like this did you realize that you were when it feel like living's harder than dying for me giving up's way harder than trying lauren hill said her heart was in zion i wish her heart still was in rhyming Kids gonna listen to, huh? I guess me if you are listening to the urban sports scene with Wole and Ray, and we are part of Empire Media. It's time for HBCU Corner. We are we are not alone, as you can tell. Right now, we have the head the head coach of the Alabama AM Bulldogs, Coach Connell Maynard. Hello, Coach Maynard, and welcome to, to HBCU Corner with the Urban Sports Scene. Hello, guys. How y'all doing? Uh it's a great day to be a bulldog. I know okay. that's right. So, Coach, <laughs> Coach um, Ray and I, we are big into homecoming. We love HBCU homecomings. How would you describe an Alabama A&M homecoming to a possible recruit? Hey, man, it's a life, life-changing experience. You know, um, you know, two years ago, we had Jackson State uh, sold out on, on TV. Uh, this year, of course, we got Tuskegee. Um, and all the hotels already sold out. People are going to be everywhere. The atmosphere is going to be unbelievable. And uh, people are just excited, man. I had somebody tell me yesterday, Coach, uh, you know, I, I didn't play at AM, but my, my daughters went there. I just need you to do one thing. Beat the Tuskegee butt on homecoming. I'm talking so much <laughs> junk. We're going to try to beat them, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. Do you ever have, like, Schools from PWIs in Alabama try to like infiltrate Alabama A&M homecoming. 
No, no, we're not gonna do that. We're not gonna, <laughs> do that. We, oh. we're not gonna let we're not gonna let that happen. We're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna do right. You're not one that has been known to mince words. So, what is your message like before a home game, Jackson State game? You mentioned, hey, it was some fireworks before the game. Um, so. Is that like you trying to get your team ready, or you really believe what you're telling yourself and your squad before a big match up? Oh, always. I, I just I speak the truth. You know, it might be to the point, but it's going to be true, you know. And, uh, you know, one of our players told me it was my fault that we lost <laughs> to Jackson. And I was like, why, why, why you say it's my fault? He said, Coach, you brought Rick Flair into the locker room right before. <laughs> <laughs> What are we supposed to do after that? <laughs> Get it? What else to do? So, uh, but you know, I, I always just you know, I, I tell the guys look, when I play, I didn't need no pep talk. I just say, coach, give me a give me a uniform, put me in the game. Mm. That's all I need. That's all I need. You know, I don't need no rah rah speech. Rah rah speech ain't gonna last. And when they start pounding on your head, you better be prepared and ready to play. So, uh, and that drilling well. You, you got to keep playing, you know, that that opening kickoff first quarter, that's adrenaline. And, uh, you know, you got to take those first punches and, and then the game settle in and get started. So uh, I just try to, you know, keep it keep it real with these guys and, uh, and let them know what they're going to have to do. And that's the little things. You're still tackling. You're still catching. Uh, and and that's, that's the fundamentals, not rocket science. So has your approach changed at all since then? <laughs> since your what player said that? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Come on, we got tickets. Uh, oh man, I, I love your style. I love your style. I'm not gonna lie to you. I love your style. <laughs> so, coach, your pro since you've been here, you you you've had a you've run a successful program. You got here in 2018. Uh, you have a 29 and 20 overall record, and and in the SWAC, you are 18 and 12. Um, what? has been the key to your success while being, you know, while coaching the Bulldogs? I'm just getting the guys to buy in and uh, having good football players. Uh, again, it's not rocket science. You know, the better my players, the better coach I'm going to be. And so we got to get out on that road and get some good football players. And then uh, the key is to get the players to understand the game the way you understand the game. So, mm-hmm. like, example, when their offense come out in a three-by-one formation, we know what plays – possibly they can run two or three plays and what route combination we got to get our players to understand that and now they can play faster and and you become a better football team and so our job as coaches is to get those guys to understand what the other team is trying to do uh like our quarterbacks you know when, when we see a defense we know exactly what they're going to do we know where we're going now you know where the ball goes and when you prepare as a quarterback the defense moves like this but when you're not prepared, you don't know what defense is going to do. You don't know what your guys at. It moves like this. Mm-hmm. And then you're throwing picks and you're holding on to the ball and you get sacked. So, as, as Russ Wilson said, separations in the preparation. You guys just got to be prepared and uh, and you can execute at a high level. Towards the end of the season, did you see that happening? Did they, did they pick it up? Did they start playing fast? Yeah, well, you know, the problem was we we had a very, very tough schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting mm-hmm. off 4-4. And, uh, you know, I tell people all the time, I don't look at the record because we do stuff always from the top. And so that's from the top. I'm talking about the president and the AD and myself. 
And so we're looking at the schedule. We knew that there's a possibility we could start off one and three over four. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had two money games in there. And we took those money games and we got a brand new turf. We only practiced on three days. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mm-hmm. got, uh, we got a new locker room going in. Uh, we got projects for a practice facility with a grass and a turf with a top over the top. And it takes money to do those things. Mm-hmm. So we had to sacrifice. And uh, I tell people, if we could play three cupcakes, three D2s, everyone orders the first three games, we'd have been seven and four. Mm. <laughs> so mm. it ain't about that. It's about doing what your program needs you to do. Uh, you know, these these young men, they, you know, it's, what can you do for me? What you offer, coach? What y'all got? And so you got to try to do all you can, perks wise apartment-wise, stipends, all that type stuff to get players and maybe keep your players because, you know, now with that portal, you know, you, you get a good player, it's going to be hard to keep. So uh, it, it's getting tougher and tougher. So we, we just got to – we're in the same boat as everybody else. So, you, uh, Coach, you mentioned, like, the portal <laughs> and transfer portal. You lost, like, one of your best – one of the best receivers, arguably, in the conference, in Abdul Fatah um, Ibrahim. Um, who do you who do you, who do you think how are you going to how are you going to work with that loss and who do you have stepping up in his you know in his absence? Well, you know we lost OJ to OJ uh, OJ too. Yeah, yeah. To same school, right? Yeah, same school. Bowling Green, Bowling Green. Yeah. And you know him and OJ best friends. So mm-hmm. it is what it is. You know, I, I I wish both those guys the best. Both of those guys text me on Father's Day, Happy Father's Day. Oh, so that's what's up. So, so that up. means that I'm doing my job. I'm doing Definitely. the right thing. Uh, I actually told a couple of my players, I said, hey, man, I got X players texting me having five days. I got players here that's not. <laughs> <laughs> because they understand what I was trying to do for them mm-hmm. and stalling them. Y'all still ain't got it yet because y'all here. Y'all still think, oh, Coach me and Coach this. But you will, just like them, when they mm-hmm. don't, you'll be texting me happy Father's Day every on Father's Day. But, uh, yeah, we, we – uh, Keenan Hamrick would be back. Uh uh, Darren Turner, uh, Terrell Garner be back. Uh, so we got we got some guys, got some guys returning. Um, you know, we always we always good at wide receiver. You know, it's, uh, nobody's beating in the team. We we gonna we gonna keep it going. We're spreading around and find the right guys. Bring a couple other guys. Jacoby, uh, we brought Jacoby in too from uh, uh, I think App. And uh, so we we got we got some guys over there that we think can get the job done, and uh, we'll be fine. So, so the, oh, right. oh, go ahead. No, go no, ahead, right now, go, no, go ahead. You, you I know, was going to ask about the quarterback Tank, position. Tank Dell was our guy, too. Yeah. <laughs> we lost Tank Dell. He went back to Juco, named up Juco, and went to uh, Houston. Mm. And he got drafted, you know. Mm. So, if if we kept all the guys that we brought in here, we would be looking pretty good, you mm-hmm. know. But but we, we've been losing a lot of, a lot of kids. So, our, our coaches are doing a tremendous job of recruiting and getting the right guy in here. Uh we just got to be able to keep them there. See, I'm not going to lie, man. I was going to try to ask you something because I know you keep it so real. But I'm, I'm going I'm to ask about just your new facility, you know, how that is positively impacting recruitment and your program overall. Um, because a lot of people criticize HBCU facilities. We saw the the, the headline um, with Coach Ed Reed and how that worked out. Um, I'm wondering just – How's that look for you now that you got all new stuff? Like you said, new turf, got the tarp, just good stuff going on over there. 
Yeah, and, and that's the key. You know, you bring these guys in on, on a visit and uh, you want to be able to show them some nice facilities because they're coming from nice facilities. If they come from an F, F, FBS football program, mm. I mean, they got stage art everything. And so I can't bring them from there and put them in a dome and they've been staying in the apartment. So mm-hmm. I can put them in an apartment, you know. And so uh, them big guys made to come here and see all the things, all the improvements that have been made from year to year. Talk to the old players, say, look, yeah, man, three years ago, we didn't have Jack. Now we got this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. And we get this, this, and this. And so they can see the progress and and from the from the start to where we are right now, where we're going to. And they can talk to the players. I tell them all the time, and the parents, just talk to any, any player, ask them any question you want about me, the program. I don't hold anything back. So um, just go ask them. Uh, you mm-hmm. don't have to believe me. Ask the players. I have the players around on those recruiting visits to talk to the parents and the players and uh, just let them know how we do things. You know, I'm not going to lie. I don't sugarcoat anything. So it is what it is. Mm. So, Coach, also, I mean, I, you, you, you mentioned it a little bit, but I have my own thoughts. But what are your thoughts on the transfer portal? Are you a fan of it or not? Like, No, I'm not. <laughs> You just like me, okay? Well, see, the, <laughs> He's like me. This is the problem. Um, Mr. Kiffin, Lane Kiffin, mm-hmm. uh, take a job and be there for a year and leave, and then take another job. Don't need coach a game and leave. Mm-hmm. And so now it puts the coaches in a bad spot where they say, "Well, the coaches can leave anytime they want to. They don't have to stay." And mm-hmm. so the AA say they right. So they open it up now. Where they say the players can leave mm-hmm. that way. It should be you can only leave if your coach leaves. Like, yeah. Then the people that school can leave if they want to, or they can stay. Mm-hmm. Because you bring another coach in that you like, you know, yeah. or they might not. Because the coach might get fired and say, okay, with well, these players now, else to go in the portal or else the transfer. Yeah. Also, it if you was gonna do it, you got the cap. You got to put a cap on. You can't mm-hmm. have unrestricted free agency. You know, if they say FBS seniors can make up to a hundred thousand dollars, juniors can make seventy-five thousand, sophomores can make fifty thousand, freshmen can make twenty-five thousand. Now the playing field is even. Mm. Everything before that, and now Georgia ain't just gonna get all the players because they pay more money than everybody else, or mm-hmm. or because they got Nike. Okay, they can pay more than everybody else. So now they're gonna get all the best players on USC or UCLA. So you got to keep the level. Start the NFL. It's a salary cap. You got to keep it a level playing field, and it's not a level playing field right now. So you're gonna see the same people in the college football championship series every year. The mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. people that's giving the most. So uh, no, I'm not a fan of it because it's it's basically turned all lower levels into goals. The way we develop players some they develop uh, somewhere else get an nil deal and go play somewhere else yeah mm-hmm. so. no i agree i definitely agree I, I i i'm like that's one of my issues with it as well but i want to speak well, we just by juco right now say it again Coach? i can't hear, I can't hear I, you went out for a second oh okay uh no no i was saying i was saying that i totally agree with you okay i, I totally agree with your point um, I just felt like, you know, also to me, to its core, it's it's like kids want instant gratification. And it's something about the process and the grind that's taken away when they say, OK, it's not working my way. Let me go this go go here. 
because you know growing up watching all sports in, in college you see a kid start slow but all of a sudden year two year three year four they're now that dude or they're that they're that girl whatever so to me it just takes away the grind no nobody wants to sacrifice and with determined mm-hmm. um anytime they're not playing they're not happy with their playing time they don't like the coach said coach don't like them listen no coach out here trying to get fired mm-hmm. this coach is going to play the best guy because the better guy going to make you look good yeah. man coach don't like me he ain't going to play me he don't like me. man are you crazy <laughs> <laughs> I'm ain't going to play you because I'm mad at you man I don't really care nothing about that <laughs> you better have to make some plays who are making plays going to play Mm-hmm. Don't like me. Are you serious? I'm saying I like. I like the players to make plays. That's what I like. Okay, no plays. You're right. I don't like. It. <laughs> yeah, you're not my favorite player because you're not making a lot of plays. My favorite players are the players that make the, the most plays. Okay. That is so real. I, I like them all, but my favorite is the ones that make the most plays. Yeah. Who? Who the alumni ain't their favorite coaches? The coaches that win the most. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's fine. Coach, this is a sensitive generation, man. You can't <laughs> you gotta be careful. They, they're gonna post you on social media. <laughs> like, man, coach get on my nerves. Listen, I, I love all my players. I told them that yesterday. I love mm-hmm. my I but listen, all of us love our mamas and daddies, right? We mm-hmm. all are guilty of not telling them and our brothers and sisters that we love them all. Enough, right? Mm-hmm. That's why I just told my players. I said, "Look, man, I love all of y'all, but I'm guilty of. I don't tell y'all all the time, but I, I can't tell y'all. I, it's just human nature that we don't do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. I said, "How many of y'all call your mom and daddy every day and brothers and sisters tell me y'all love them? Yeah. Nobody raised their hand. Yeah. How many of y'all love all y'all brothers and sisters? Everybody raised their hand. Okay, I love y'all too. I might not tell you every day." I'm telling you about when I show you, put that new turf out there, that new locker room, mm-hmm. get his practice mm-hmm. get your jerseys with your name on the back and everything else that you own. Mm-hmm. Because guess what? None of that's for me. I can't use none of that. So everything I do is for you. That should show you right there that I care about you. You know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but you're right. This day and age, these kids, they different. They different. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah they are different. You, oh. you, you can't. That's- that's a good segue. Again, talking about just your style and what you provide. Um, what makes you excited about this year's upcoming team? And is there any players that are gonna make plays you expecting to go out there and make plays that you can shout out now here on, on the Urban Sports scene? Didn't you just say these guys are sensitive? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I so, so now if you, if you don't mention them, if you don't mention, they're gonna feel a certain way. <laughs> Hey, everybody I brought in, I expect to play and help mm-hmm. them the football game. That's why I brought them in. Mm-hmm. And that's what I tell them, and that's true. So, no, I'm not looking no at one person or two people. Everybody I brought in, I expect to help. We take all 110 to help us win football games. It's a long football season. Can't be 11 play at a time. Can't be 11 people play at a time. So now I got, what, 99 people on the sideline. They got to cheer for the 11 that's in the game. Okay, so I speak everybody I signed. <laughs> okay, let me rephrase that. So there's been a sentiment, right, about the SWAC. They said if the SWAC, of a SWAC team has an excellent quarterback, that's the that's the driving force uh, to 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 winning the SWAC and ultimately making the Celebration Bowl. 
So what's your thoughts about that? Because you're saying, again, it takes a team effort. It's a team sport. Um, what's your thought about, you know, just how to succeed in the SWAC? And again, what's your excitement level of your team this, this upcoming season? Um, that's a great question. And uh, you're 100% right. I tell people all the time, if you got a quarterback, you got a chance. Mm-hmm. And the team that got the quarterback that's favored to be player of the year, they probably got a good chance of winning they, they side or, or winning the conference. Uh, uh, when I had a full glass, see, we won. You know, mm-hmm. we was right there. Um, I tell people all the time, it's only been one NFL head coach that made it to the Hall of Fame that didn't have a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Joe Gibbs. Joe Gibbs. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. So, again, the better your players, the better coach you will be. Okay? It ain't about me. It ain't about Belichick. It ain't about Deion Sanders. It's about your players. Mm-hmm. Every coach knows X's and O's and can put the people in the right position. But guess what? If me you and you, Ray, go out there and Belichick's coaching us, we're going to get a head beating because we're too old. And we, we can't run no more. Okay? So it ain't about that. You got to have the right players. And uh, But you're right. The, the team that has a great quarterback is going to give you a chance in every game and going to give you a chance to win championships. Uh, that's, that's no secret. Mm. So, Coach, we're about, to wind, we're about to wind down. But real quick, what does coaching at an HBCU mean to you? Everything, everything. Uh, you know, I I played at Winston State State University mm-hmm. for one year in the CIAA. Then I transferred my coach Bill Hayes to AT and played there the last three years. And uh, then I coached ten years at Fayetteville State. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I coached four years as a head coach at Winston. Then I went to Hampton in the MEAC, uh, and now A and M to the present. So. I'm HBCU for life, uh, and uh, I, I think that, you know, I'm a God-fearing man. It happens for a reason, and I think God got me here uh, for a reason. You know, I came from a broken home. Uh, my mother raised me, my brother, my sister. My father was around, uh, but he wasn't in the house, and uh, we still got a good relationship to this day. I mean, I'm a Christian. Uh, I forgive him. I go home. I go see him, and we hang out, but, good, so. the, but the bottom line is he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And probably 60, 70% of my players come from a broken home mm-hmm. and don't have their mother and father with them. So, you know, I, I want to be that father figure and show them the right way how to do things. My wife is always around. We've been married 28 mm-hmm. years. My daughter's always around. You know, I don't cuss, I don't drink. So I try to lead by example and be a great role model for those guys because they always watching me uh, and what I do and what I say, and they can repeat everything. And so if I'm on the hotel, going to the hotel, I'm, I got a different woman in the hotel, what are they going to say? Oh, yeah, man, coach, coach your player. I want to be just like coach, you know. But no, they don't see that for me. They see my wife, see my, my, my daughter there all the time. They know I'm a disciplinarian. So I, I think that I'm in HBCU for a reason, try to help other black men and, and to, to make those guys men and fathers and leaders. I tell them all the time, um, you know what losers do? I tell this is what I tell them. This is what losers and deadbeat dads do. They make excuses. Mm. And you know what fathers do and winners do? We find a way. Mm. Find a way to put food on the table. Find a way to put clothes on their back. Find a way to make a play. 
find a way to start, find a way to win the game, find a way to pass the class, find a way to graduate. That's what winners do. That's what fathers do. Okay. We find a way to get it done. We don't make excuses. Losers, they make excuses. There's a million reasons why you lost the game. A million reasons why you wasn't there for me. There's a million reasons why you couldn't do this and do it. Uh, we don't want to hear that. So I'm teaching my guys to get it done. Just do. Be a father. Be a winner. And uh, and so that's why uh, I'm I'm still in HBCU. Uh, and I've probably been in HBCU all my life. So uh, I think I'm here for a reason. But, again, I think everything happens for a reason. I think that's my reason. I ask the Lord when I get there and see if, mm-hmm. if that's what it was, but I think that's what it is. Well, Coach, Ray and I are HBCU alums, and we're happy to have you, you know what I mean, just representing the brand. So thanks for being on this show. Is there anything you'd like to add? No. Uh, y'all doing a great job, man, and uh, I'm looking forward to coming back on the show. Oh, definitely. We would, we would love to have you back on. Okay. All right. Thanks, Coach. All right, thank you. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm.